Schiller. Oh. Wingard collected it outside of the boot. Miraculous! Wingard already created one magical goal, might create another. Bruce, he can just about put this in the book from the sharp shooter. A to Nash, his push off was delightful. Got rid of Robinson, sends it long, back for the flight. Lewis, amazing contest to set it all up for Phillips from the hand of Bruce. Mitchell, Wingard to set it up again, heads goal square, early flight, Bruce nearly got it. More! Scrambled it forward. They're on a mission to send Alistair Clarkson out in style. And a victory for the Hawks against the odds. The Hawks bounce back after a tumultuous week to produce a stunning upset, besting Brisbane by 12 points. Jager was amazing, we saw a little wizardry from Wingard, and how about the bash and crash of midfielder Connor Nash? Yes indeed, the Alistair Clarkson farewell tour kicked off in style. And don't you worry, we'll get to that too right here on the Hawk Talk podcast. My name is Nick Mason and Tiz, before we finally address one of the biggest stories of the year... We're going to take a moment to celebrate what was a really pleasing win over the Lions. Could have knocked me over with a feather, Nick. Everything went according to plan. It worked perfectly and no one expected it. We certainly didn't. No, we did not expect it. I was uh, very nervous for Connor, who we knew was going to play in the midfield. And we'd seen haphazard football from Brisbane over the last few weeks. but mm-hmm. The Suns took them to task the week before in the first half, so you thought maybe... Maybe we might get a little bit of a look, but certainly not the win. But there'd been so much off-field stuff happening that, well, that you too. thought the boys might have their eye off the ball like they did against Frio. But mm-hmm. no, that it's one of their best first quarters for a long time. And uh, the endeavour was there for much of the day. One of our listeners, Ewan, chimed in at Hawk Talk Pod. That was one of our best wins for the year up there with the win over Sydney. In both games, we had a bash and crash midfielder to help out with the high tackle numbers and the rest of the boys played better when someone plays this role well. Gee, who on earth could he be referring to there, Tiz? It did feel good to have a big, solid presence in the midfield, which was just getting it out to the guys that know what to do with it. And he even took a couple of inside 50s himself, Connor Nash. Check the restraint, listeners. Check the restraint on this man sitting across from me. Well, look, when you're right, you don't have to underline it, Nick. <laughs> We'd been crying out this for a while. Now, I, I'm happy to say, I'm happy to confess that earlier in the year, I was done with Connor. I thought the experiment was over. Then oh, of- hang on, hang on. Not just you. A lot of oh, well, yes. highly credentialed reporters oh, were done I- with the Nash experiment. Make no mistake, I'm not heaping this all on myself. I'm taking everyone else down with me, okay? <laughs> I- I'm not wearing that all myself. But then this remarkable thing happened that Sam's Box Hill team... They slotted him in the midfield there, and all of a sudden he had his best game of his career. And you thought, okay, now, is that worth trying in the seniors? And it took a little while, because things conspired against it, and he finally got a go, and he played his career best game. Well, he got a couple of goes outside the midfield position against um, Port Adelaide and someone else he played against. Yeah, no, that's true, but in terms of like that particular And role, he looked fairly anonymous. Yeah. So he was... About five metres off a lot of the uh, ball-ups, and uh, he just didn't get involved. But this time, being directly in the midfield, mm-hmm. contested possessions, wonderful to see. He gave confidence to the blokes around him. We, it's not naturally their game to be defensive, and they did rise to the occasion being defensive in the midfield, but they... It was because the workload, or a lot of the workload, was being taken by Connor. And he did 
hit a couple of blokes quite hard. He really did, yeah. That how, was incredible to how see. How tall is he again? Too tall for a midfielder, I thought, before this. Where's but... Dermy when we need him? Oh, no, Dermy was obsessed. He couldn't stop talking about Conor Nash. That's well, when... we have been looking for a taller, bigger midfielder for about five years now. And even during the Premiership years when Fife and and the big midfield at uh, Frio was running around, we we were thinking, where can we get a big midfielder from? And we had Menegola there for a while, and mm-hmm. then he left and ended up at Geelong. And you know, it's um, I can see why he's excited. Now I'm aware of the fact that there's going to be plenty of Hawthorne fans out there listening to this, saying, "All right, guys, hold your horses. It's one, one game. game. One game. It's one game, guys." Well, we can get excited, can't we? Get, we can enjoy the fact that he had 23 touches, 12 of those contested, 9 tackles, 7 clearances, and 5 score involvements. Now, HawthorneFC.com.au reported Nash's ferocious tackling pressure saw him become one of only 5 Hawks to record 9 or more tackles in a game this year. Not just that game, we're talking all season long. Having played in the VFL in recent weeks, Nash said he had much more confidence re-entering the senior side via the midfield on Sunday. Steve at Hook Talk Pod wants to know, Connor Nash is the real deal. Discuss. <laughs> the real deal after a week. Um, <laughs> I think what it says to me is there's a lot of players on a lot of lists in the AFL who get played out of out of their favourite position or their best position. And that's in all likelihood, the, yeah. For, for the good of the side. Yeah. And uh, I know he's been a scapegoat and a, a whipping boy. Mm-hmm. And uh, fairly, yeah, oh, yeah, he wouldn't have been happy with a lot of his performances. Mm-hmm. But credit to Sam who found a spot for him, and that's what I want to talk about now. Is um, if you can find the right spots for players, and Clarkson did it over his career, finding the best spot for certain talents. Yep, um, that is what the best coaches can do. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily have to recruit for every position, then, if you make the plan simple enough, and that was disgustingly simple. For Connor. Absolutely. See ball, get ball, mm-hmm. tackle bloke with ball. Yep, hit hard. Yep. Now, you might remember some weeks ago, I think we brought it up on the show, um, we ran into a listener out at Box Hill, City Oval, a guy by the name of Liam. Liam, so, yeah. Cheerio, Liam, if you're listening. He had, a, he had a question for us. Why did Connor Nash play his best game? But he's done us the uh, done us the courtesy of answering it himself, and I think he is 100% spot on. He goes, actually, I'll answer that myself. Uh, I've been beating this drum for weeks. Our coaching team didn't fail him by playing him where he struggled and played him where he's been playing well and where he earned his spot. And I can think back to that date, is where we did run into Liam. He made that exact point. He did make that point, but he also made the point that uh, coming from... Ireland, it's going to take him longer to learn the game. And as a forward, you have to be able to read the game much more. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're in a reactive setting, yep. rather than a proactive setting uh, in the midfield, right under the ump's nose, Conor Nash can play without thought, really. It's yep. all instinct. Yes. So oh, I enjoyed it. I don't think Fagan enjoyed it. I think it made it very unpredictable for Fagan. Yes, yeah. I think uh, Fags thought, what fresh hell is this? This is nothing like I used to teach them how to play because the style was much different. Yeah, Brisbane didn't like it one bit. And it was quicker. And although he kept kicking it to Harris Andrews and he did look pretty good, Mm -hmm. I thought your mate, the other switch to Mitch, took a couple of very fine contested marks against Harris Andrews, which would give him a lot of confidence. Yeah, I was planning on talking about Mitch Lewis later. Uh, Mitch Lewis eventually got his reward. He hung in there and got his goal. But God, he had to work hard, and he did. 
he worked hard the whole game. I thought he was very competitive against a very good opposition. Um, but, you know, Harris Andrews, it didn't seem to matter how much he got the ball. Oh, it just got, it came straight go, back. Go, go, gadget arms. Uh, and, and Daniel Rich as well, who had something like 15 touches in the first quarter and just meters gained was ridiculous. But it's like, it doesn't matter. We'll, we'll just put it back in. We'll, we'll play this game all day long until we kick a goal. And it's exactly what happened. Got It got out to, what, a 53-point lead at some stage. So it was very good indeed. And Birchall's still frustratingly good on Brockman. <laughs> well, there's a bit of a gulf of experience there, I would have thought. There is, but my goodness. Bir- I just wanted to see Birch and, and Scrimshaw collide and just see what happened. You know, if the matter <laughs> and the antimatter made it explode. <laughs> They're just so similar. They are. Uh, Bly, though, wanted to add on the uh, the topic of Nash. It's really pleasing to see Nash play in a position where he can show us what he can do. He has to play there for the next three games. I personally agree. But what does this mean now for Duke? Oh, Duke's, Duke's fine. Like, do you want to see Duke again this year? Or yeah, I would, you do. I wouldn't mind it, but probably not at the expense of Nash. Because like you, I think Newcomb's going to be fine. The it's, bloke who should be worried is... is uh, Cuz. Yeah. Yep. Probably won't get back this year at the moment. So. Yeah, it's a bit unlucky for Cuz. Yep. What that means for his contract situation, I guess we'll just wait and see. But don't bury the lead. The best player on the pitch the whole day. <laughs> probably a little bit unfortunate. We're only, only mentioning him just now. He probably deserved better. But Jager O'Meara, yeah. hats off. Uh, racked up a team-high 35 touches, 11 tackles, 9 inside 50s, along with the first goal of the game. Every midfielder, apart from Nash, kicked a goal. It worked. Finally, it clicked. They can work together, Tiz. It can happen. <laughs> Took a while. It felt very good. I noticed we didn't win the hitouts in the end. Oscar McInerney yeah, right. did over uh, Reeves and McAvoy, but it didn't seem to matter. No, not really. Can I just add on O'Meara's game? Six clearances, 14 contested possessions, 461 metres gained. Um, best one, performance? Yeah, one of his best in brown and gold, I reckon. I really enjoyed his game. Uh, I reckon the same could be said for um, Chad Wingard. Yeah, so Chad, well, well, he picked up where he left off the previous week, except this week he was more accurate. He kicked a freak goal, mm-hmm. having missed a couple of gettable ones, um, which is just how he is. He's a bit mercurial, but uh, his involvement in a few of the plays, just wonderful to see. That wizardry was in full swing. 32 touches, 503 metres gained, a team-high nine score involvements and finished with two goals too. And just a joy to watch when His he's that electric. His work ethic was huge. Well, that'll happen when you um, you have no one to give a stern talking to but yourself. <laughs> he, he turned it on to himself. He went, oh, I really do want to get more out of my game. And and Moore played very well too. Dylan Moore did play very well. We're going to talk about that goal. Had a, well, I, I don't really know how that went through because that's an incredible kick. Mm-hmm. And you saw the wind take it. Yeah. Yeah, that was freaky. That was... I mean, obviously the angle wasn't as acute, but just as mercurial as Wingard, oh, sure. the talent involved yeah. is very high. So now you've got... And they'll just feed off one another. You notice Bruce was excellent mm-hmm. for much of the day until he um, fell awkwardly and then got pushed into that bloke's legs. We can breathe a sigh of relief on that one. If Hawthorne fans aren't up to date on that, uh, it's not as bad as everyone feared. So he'll miss the rest of the season. Well, his smile on the bench sort of had me brimming (laughs) with confidence. There's a photo that that went around in the injury update where he's being helped off by the trainers. Massive smile on his face. (laughs) Very (laughs) jarring to look at. Yeah, Yeah, really. He's he's dead set smiling as he's being carried off the ground. It's like, oh, well, probably should have known he was all right. Anyway, just a bit of bone bruising on the knee there. Uh, Luke Brist will miss the rest of the year. And uh, it'll be be a hard one to replace. He's not missed... 
much football at all in his entire career is a luxury that we we haven't had to go without him. Who surprised you on the weekend? Who who jumped out the box? Oh, the guys I wanted to give honourable mentions to. I guess are not that surprising. I think we you know we talk about Tom Mitchell every every week. He was again very important. Scrimshaw I thought was great. I'm a big fan of Scrimshaw. Long time listener to the podcast and know that. Uh, Warple as well. Lewis. Um, Peter asks how underrated was Lewis on the weekend. Like I said, I thought he remained very competitive throughout the whole game. Had some really important touches that. You know, it won't really be down on the stat sheet, but helped set up goals. Yeah, he kept Andrews honest, prevented him from getting to all the contests, even though some of our forward entries were pretty uneducated. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, we, we just had so so much of the ball in that first half. Just mentioning Mitch Lewis, uh, one of our listeners, Steve, at Hook Talk Pod, asks, uh, should a restraining order be placed on TOB to prevent him from coming within 20 feet of Mitch Lewis to avoid any more concussions, or is this all part of TOB's master plan? How did Mitch Lewis not see him, though? I'd, yeah, well, it's a fair point. Like, I mean, yeah, I, I just don't understand how they didn't see one another. Uh, just an unlucky incident. Um, <laughs> a wretched run of head-high contact yeah. with Mitch Lewis. Apparently he's okay. He's not on the injury list. We've got to mention, mention T.O.B.'s goal, though, because that was sensational. Yeah, that's right. It did end up with him, didn't it? That that All the way from one end to the other. Yeah, Burgoyne to... And then it's a blank. <laughs> There's like, a lot of players involved. There's, like, uh, Dylan Moore, Jagger's involved. Well, Dylan Moore runs almost the entire yes. length of the ground. yeah. 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 I mean, part of what made that goal so good was it, it looked so dicey at the coal face, right on the last line of defence. Well, when, really when Jager turns around whilst running at full pelt, well, <laughs> pushes the bloke away, yeah. and then bounces one-handed, one-handed <laughs> yeah. one hand collect yeah. on the bounce, because you always bounce one-handed, but the one-hand yeah, collect. Yeah, I understand. Yeah. And, uh, and then onto Wingard and Moore, and who... who'd who'd basically lapped them going on the wing. Yeah. So he'd run past them, because I think he got the ball out of the back 50. You might be right. Oh, no, no, Bruce got the ball out of the back 50. Burgoyne was definitely involved at the start. Yeah, Burgoyne, Bruce, and then on from there. It really, it doesn't get too much more dangerous than that little scrimmage on the goal line, though. Like, I was certain Brisbane would jack a goal. Right. And it couldn't have ended up better for us. It's one of our better plays of the year. No, it is. It's And, and the teamwork involved was sensational. Exactly right. Well, um, you asked me about. Um, I didn't didn't really answer your question. Uh, the people who surprised me on the day, players that really jumped out. Um, I just want to highlight that Reeves performing very serviceably from week to week is very pleasing indeed. I, that I don't have to worry about him or think about him as a fan is something that I want to highlight for people. Yeah, there's no real obvious. Uh, a- Dip yet, is there? Yeah. I expect there will be. Yeah. But it's not like you're watching a, a juvenile or someone on training wheels, which you sometimes no. get with young Ruckman. This is true. He's fitted in quite seamlessly, and I just want to give him props for that. I think he's uh, been very good, very well, important I, have, I think you have to give props to McAvoy. Well, that's true. Because yeah. he's guiding him mm-hmm. very, very well. That was the thing I noticed about Reeves. He's very good, you know, below his knees. His contested footy numbers from week to week are very, very impressive. Yeah. So... But yeah, I throw it over to you. What about, because you posed the question, who jumped out as a surprise? What about you? I was surprised with Lockie Bramble. He didn't have his best game. Because <laughs> every week it's it's been his best game so far. He <laughs> <laughs> had to dip at some point. And look, if you if you have to dip in a, in a match in which you get nine goals up, then so be it. He, uh, 
I'm being a little facetious because he you still are. had 450 meters gained. Oh, did he? Okay, but um, yeah, it How showed, many it showed he, he was human. Did he get what 15 plus again? I don't, I don't know if they if they wanted more. Um, he got 15. Yep. Okay, but I don't, I don't know if they gave him a, a more of a lockdown role. But he certainly didn't seem to be as high up the field as as most other times. So you did that. I'll lock down a role. Very good. <laughs> I didn't even. <laughs> of course, he didn't. But you know. It was all about teamwork. Um, having Connor there made the team look better in the centre midfield. And then I thought the forward line pressured well. And I thought the back six were great until the final quarter when everyone seemed to run out of gas for us. That's true. I mean, the first half is where we really turned up to play. The tackling efficiency of 82%. That was our best first half performance in that area since round 23, 2017, where we took on the dogs. Wow. So that was uh, that would have been Hodgie's last game, right? I would have been in Canada, I think. Yeah, and uh, Morrison's first game. That's right, that's right. Who may be back this week. Maybe back this week. It was impressive in Box Hill. We'll get to them in a moment. Uh, Hawthorne also laid 84 tackles for the game to Brisbane 70. That's the most they've had in any game so far this season. And the most that any side has applied on the Lions so far in 2021. If you thought they were feeling the heat and were crumbling under it, then uh, you might have been onto something. We also ranked third in the league for tackles per game this year, uh, averaging 61.8 per game. That's just behind Melbourne and Sydney. How strange. It is. We uh, don't feel like a tackling side. No. I, I would go so far as to say that we're the opposite of that. <laughs> Some games I haven't felt that at all. Shows what will happen when you dump Isaac Smith. Oh. <laughs> Name redacted, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Hawks registered their second highest number of inside 50s for the year as well. That was 19 more than Brisbane. That's just... We only won by 12 points. Oh, well, as you say, we spent all of our tickets, didn't we? Ran out of gas the last term. Did, were, were you, you were a bit nervous. I was nervous. I was about to ask you, were you well, watched? You, you were getting the horns out. I was consoling myself. I thought, ah, oh, look, I wanted Jason Horn and... <laughs> It's all falling into place. No, I mean, look, there was every reason to be concerned. Warple Steadier was huge, mm. and that made me relax a bit. But up until then, I thought, oh, Brisbane, Brisbane will get this done probably. They were quick about it. Yeah. Um, there were a couple of moments where I thought, jeez, oh, you know, Hawthorne, what are you doing? You're panicking a bit. You're still six goals up. Just mm. hold the ball, bit of tempo footy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think... Was it how kicked a cross goal and gave him a sniff? That was probably the start of it. That's when and the rot set in. I was like, eh. Someone overran the football and Scrimshaw didn't keep his eyes on the ball at one point in the back yeah. 50. And you know, it's just, they're just little things that, and they were so, they weren't even that accurate. I mean, Danaher is an absolute flop. <laughs> what, what is that guy doing? And for, for Denver, to give him a crack on the wing, which love it. Oh, so good. And it you know, Danaher's the I thought maybe it might light a spark under him, but no, nah, nothing. Show me a Hawthorne fan that isn't approving of DGB's fire <laughs> and I'll show you a liar. Like they're, they're absolutely everyone loves it. He must be a scallywag. Like he must have a bit of lip. Like for a bloke who's still under ten games to be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they were dysfunctional forward for most of that game, Brisbane. Yeah. And it's to the credit of a makeshift backline. So now we've got Collingwood. Now we have Collingwood, yep, staying down in Tasmania, Sunday, 2.10pm. So exactly one week on from the Brisbane Clash. And uh, look, it's an intriguing contest. Collingwood absolutely destroyed West Coast, who were incredibly underwhelming. 
I wonder how much we read into that being the Pies. How much is it the Eagles? Not really sure. Do they retain Robert Harvey? Well, they're not getting Clarkson, so... Oh, okay. Just saying. Well, I mean, we can definitely win off last week's effort. Yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, that stuff comes for free. That's that, that's not down to execution, skill level or anything like that. That's down to application and pressure. That's down to the will to win. That's down to people getting their bodies in. Like guys like Connor Nash who want to play well, he's the playing fierce... for his career. I mean, he's not assured of a contract at the end of this season. Oh, that probably helps, granted. But that is the kind of endeavour that is entirely up to Hawthorne. No one else can have a say on that. It's whether they want to switch on and have a crack. And they did against Brisbane, did against Melbourne, did against Sydney, Giants, like you name it. Our best footy this year, there's a common thread throughout all of it. And they can switch it on at any time. And my expectation would be that win, lose or draw, that they bring that same intensity again this week. There's no reason why they can't. So if we win this week, we can go to 14th. Righto. You're right for that, are you, Nick? Yeah, did you detect the uh, lack of enthusiasm in my response? A little bit, yeah. yeah. I love a win, mate. I love a win. I, I'm And it's so... Collingwood. Oh, again, there's, just, there's so much to this. And I was so chuffed with the win over Brisbane. But I think there does come a time where it's like, yeah, you're kind of hurting the club at this point. <laughs> Don't be a tanker. No, I know. Uh, I, I'm not advocating that they tank. I'm just seeing the other side of it. Wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if we lost. <laughs> it's true. I don't think we can lose. Collingwood aren't that good. Well, what does that say about West Coast? Oh, West Coast. Well, they apologised to Shannon Hearn. Oh, right. Yeah, it was his big milestone game. Wow. Okay. What changes? What changes will we make for this week? Uh, as we mentioned, Luke Bruce sidelined uh, for the season. He's not coming back. Uh, Mitchell Lewis not included on the injury list. He escapes without another another concussion, so you'd expect that he's in the side. Uh, no one else is newly available. This week. There's no one coming off the injury list that's suddenly good to go. Uh, Morrison would be the most recent, who played at a VFL level. Was so he good? He was. He was. I thought uh, Sam Mitchell actually summed it up pretty well. Sam Mitchell's report on a number of players from that clash. He thought that in the early goings, in the early stages of the game, it might be a contest where you could say, Harry Morrison, he'd be better for the touch. Right. He fared a lot better than that by the end of the game. I thought his execution, just his polish by foot, was incredible. And, you know, love saying that. It's been, obviously, ages since we saw him play any footy. And uh, it was a welcome return. So he might be a shot. Wouldn't you think that, given the position that's become available, which is Bruce, mm-hmm. it'd have to be Hanrahan? Look, it could be. But uh, the fact is, Hanrahan has been playing midfield, and that's where I'd want him to go. Yeah, but you could roll him through. Yeah. Yeah, have another rotation. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, we know that Hanrahan can definitely play Bruce's role. That's true, yeah. Whereas you'd be shuffling Moore and Wingard again if you brought Morrison back into the lineup. Yeah, I see your point. Uh, Hanrahan will have deserved his spot, of course. I mean, Box Hill overcame a slow start. They stormed to a 63-point win over Collingwood. Wow. Very, very windy day at Olympic Park, and that made it difficult in the early stages. But that makes it six wins on the trot, Tiz. And uh, the second best form line in the VFL, they're cemented in the top four, and Hanrahan had a massive say. I think he got something like 35 touches again. The last three games, he's averaged 30, 30 disposals. Jack, are any good? For a guy that kicks four goals two, you'd think, eh, it just it, it wasn't his usual self. How was uh, Green, Fergus Green, the bloke we want? 
Well, the Green should be on a list, and by a list, I mean our list. He's a, he's a freak. <laughs> he's he's been fantastic all year. Finished the game with five goals. Good to watch too. Oh yeah, he's an entertaining, entertaining player. They're indeed. Not, they're not easy goals. They're not over the back goals. They are quality goals. Mm-hmm. And I think he should be rewarded with a contract. Um, I'd have to say that Cosy would probably be the bloke that'd have to come back. Uh, I mean, okay, this is a question that uh, View from the Nosebleeds posed here. Uh, hit us up at Hawk Talk Pod uh, on Twitter. Do you give Callow a taste to see his worth for next year, or do you give Jekka a chance as a main target, or do you do the boring thing and just bring back Cosy? So is Callow the six-month contractor? I think he is, yeah. Yeah. Do you think he's ready? Yes. You do? I do. And you're playing against Collingwood? Maybe. Well, you've got the dogs in Richmond left. Yeah. Three games left. I'd play him at some point. Okay. Give him at least one appearance. I mean, here's a classic case of a recruit that is living up specifically to the promise of what he could bring to the table. What did Sammy say? Well, Sammy happened to agree with me. He highlighted the contested marking. And this is what I'm talking about. We got him into the club because he was so good at clunking them. And, uh, I mean, he finished with eight marks. And some of them were brilliant. Yeah. Two See, goals? Two goals, it. three, I think he finished with, or something like that. That kind of stuff lifts teammates. It makes it so much easier to take risks going forward when you know you've got a bloke up there who can clunk one. Yep. Um, how much influence is Sam having over selection? Well, that is the question now, isn't it? This is this is the question. Yeah. Like, has he pushed Connor Nash into the lineup? What What's going on? Like, more? Was he retained last year due to Sam? Or... Did Clarko go, wait, we need that kid? I think these things are going to become apparent. By the end of the year, it's, it's you know, in the off-season, it will emerge who are Sam's boys and who are the Clarko guys. I reckon it will start becoming obvious. Do you think? Yeah, I reckon so. Uh, with list changes, you mean? Yeah, yeah. And also, that, that'll flow into next year as well. We'll see how they're used and the ideas that Mitchell has for these guys. We'll, we'll start to see. Because there's still a very... Pretty good mix, dependent on injuries. It's a pretty good mix of old and new. Yeah. Hmm. Well, we'll start to see where ideas were congruent and where they start to diverge. Did Callow do any ruck work in the absence of Reeves? Uh, not that I can No, they've still got that big fella down there. Oh, yeah, have still got Keegan Brooksby. Yeah. Who's, again, serviceable, but I don't... The gold, the, uh, the grey fox. The grey fox, yeah. They're a wonderful team to watch, Box Hill. As much as I'm critical of some of them, um, I mean, 63 points and an average winning margin of something like 70 plus, <laughs> it's pretty insane. And the ball movement. Yeah, well, that's it. And and that's, you know, is that a Sam product as well? Who's the one with the rusty hair colour? You're talking about Michael Hartley? Yeah. <laughs> is it orange? What is it? It's orange. Yeah. I think it changes from week to week. He's a... <laughs> He's got full Ramona flowers. He dies it every every but other week. But it's orange, but because he's on the oval, it has that green tinge to it. <laughs> he's fantastic, though. I think he's so important to that side. Um, anyway, we're circling back around to the point. I'd give Callow a go. Yeah, that is the most exciting option for me. I don't quite think Jekka has earned it based off his performance. Just consulting the stats, he did end up with four goals, but I've... Oh, no, not enough. <laughs> my point is, he's played a better game than that. He's played a more competitive game. He's played a more prolific game. Just the nine touches all day. Mate, I've seen Jekka kick, you know, 4-2 and have 20 touches. Right. That's a lot better. So maybe not this week for Jekka, but yeah, he's got the contract in hand now. We can sort of relax. 
Ooh. <laughs> I'd love to see him again before the end of the year, but uh, Callow would be the guy I'd bring in. Uh, if we're choosing from Cozzy, Callow and Jekka, I'd give Callow a go. All right. Now we move into the uh, the off-field chessboard game. Are we ready to talk about it? How long have we gone? We've got a, gone just over a half hour. And we're finally getting to one of the biggest stories in the history of the club. I don't think that's melodramatic to say. Uh, no. So, on Friday, mm-hmm. we heard rumblings mid-morning. I was editing the podcast. Yeah. And I got back that to we Twitter. we recorded the night before. <laughs> that's right. I got back to Twitter and everyone was like, you there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're across what's happening? Hello? <laughs> McFly? <Yeah. laughs> And uh, we're hearing Clarkson's out. That's it. He's done. He announced it on Friday that he's... That's it. We wouldn't see him coach again. Yeah. Uh, which was wrong. He will close... He will <laughs> Marginally coach wrong. out the year. Yeah. And I was saying it was all blowing up and the, the club were at loggerheads. And by the time 4.30 around, arrived around, when you take the trash out on a Friday evening, <laughs> just in time... To get it onto the national news. Well, it's broadcast not a live. lot of time to get it onto the national news. Um, Clarko comes out with Sam. Yes. And with great pageantry, they walk down the steps under John Kennedy's statue and mm-hmm. then they address the media in a very casual manner. They addressed the statue at one point. They did. <laughs> and uh, it was a very. Clarko looked a very long way back to look a long way forward. I mm-hmm. thought presented it well, said that it was a player motivated decision. Did he say that out outright? Well, he sort of implied that mm-hmm. that it was unmanageable for the players to have two coaches, and I think that's been latched upon by the media and sort of pushed. That he definitely did say. Yes, the players need one coach. Yeah, I mean, some of the pull quotes here: the club needs clear air, needs to free itself from uh, my shadow to move forward. Oh, the first minute was painful to watch, really, because he doesn't want to leave. I think that's fairly obvious. Yeah, it was emotional. Feels compelled to for the good of the club. Yeah, I genuinely believe that, and to do the best for Sam. Yeah, there's a lot about Sam in what he was talking about. Wasn't much about the board, wasn't much about Defrey. Funny that. They weren't unmentioned. I, I wonder why that might have been the case. <laughs> just saying, just putting it out there. There was a very tender moment of that press conference that made me emotional. And that was Clarkson talking about not only his relationship with Sam, but their family's relationships, like between one another, I, I, and how important it was to, um, to retain that. Yeah, personal relationships beyond the workplace. Yeah, uphold the connections that they've made with one another and how that was perhaps the most critical thing. Because he felt that that was under threat yeah. if he remained too long. Correct. the implication. So Clarkson also said that, you know, while he's contractually free to coach elsewhere, he might not. He basically said, I'm going to take a breather right at the present time. My commitment is to have a spell and see where 2023 will take me. It's believed he's going to be paid out in full uh, an amount telling more than $1 million for the 2022 season. Yeah, so it's it's all about um, what are you prepared to believe? Well, that is it, because obviously there's a fair bit that goes into something like this. They Well, about six hours worth of discussions in order to get to prepare for that press conference, Nick. 
did take a long time. Yes, we're all <laughs> nervously waiting and, and hoping even for so much as an email from Jeff. Just give us one of those member emails that we love so much. So there's a theory that, that Jeff didn't... This is the best theory I've heard. That Jeff okay. didn't want to pay him for 2022. Mm-hmm. And uh, Clarko said, no, you're going to have to pay me. I've got a contract. Mm-hmm. And Jeff... The whole time wanted him gone at the end of this year. Mm-hmm. This is the the rumor. Yes, and so uh, they found a midway point that they would have a handover at the end of twenty twenty two, and basically Mitchell would be controlling most of the reins. Mm-hmm. And then Clarko's found a way for that to dissolve and make sure that Jeffrey has to play him out for twenty twenty two. I mean, he found a way. He wouldn't have to look hard. I yeah, mean, that, Clarkson holds an enormous amount of power at that point. It doesn't really hold up on the money stakes. Anyway, mm. I know money's important, but Clark has never made it seem very important to him. Yeah. Um, and also, he's got all the contracts and other people can negotiate for him. There's no point, if he wanted that, to even entertain the idea. And he could have just told Sam, go interview for Collingwood, see if you get it. Yeah, basically. This is what I'm saying. Clarko had the power just to go, uh, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. So now what, Hawthorne? The other theory is that Sam didn't have to say anything after he was told he was assured of getting the job after Clarko left. But that neglects the fact that Clarko approached the club for clarity. There is an undercurrent of tragedy to this entire story. Because if he hadn't asked, right? Yes. If he hadn't gone, hey, so just... Wanted to touch base with you guys. I can see this is all coming to a head. <laughs> Let's get out in front of it together. And Jeff and co said, we agree. Let's not have you coach anymore. <laughs> we agree. When are you going? Pretty much. <laughs> pretty much. That that appears to be how it went down. Yeah. And that is, again, I use the word tragic. Because it is. I mean, I that's sucks for Clarko. He would have hated that. Yeah, absolutely. He clearly wanted to remain coach. He did. And now I think he's doing... I mean, that that was a thoroughly brilliant job mm. at handling what is a complete mess yeah. Yeah. of administration. And it's we'll, just embarrassing. It will remain but that when way. when he came out and spoke, it made the club look glowing again. I know. Yeah, exactly he only right. had to be out there for 10 minutes... And you felt like all was right at Hawthorne. And then they put Jeff behind the mic. And then Jeff. (laughs) But the beauty of Jeff was, doing it at the end there, is you retain the glowing, shimmering icon that is is Clarkson and Sam. You ever heard the... And then uh... Jeff comes in and you just pelt him with the tomatoes. You ever heard the phrase, always leave him wanting more? (laughs) (laughs) I think that might apply here. But, I mean, Jeff steps in and he has to wade through all the crap that Clarko... As well he should. That Clarko As and well Sam should doesn't, through the crap. doesn't want to deal with. I thought, I thought he followed up the rear quite well and told much of the media where they should get off. Because Clarko and Sam can't be bothered telling Caro and it's, that Well, it's not wrong. their job. This wasn't their doing. This is the board that should have known better. Than, than, than to try and embark on people they were very, very, very familiar with, their personalities and their egos, trying to make them work as part of a succession plan together. I believed it, but then 
I'm just a, I'm just a fan with a yeah, podcast. But, I would believe it because I'm hopeful but the of what they're trying to sell me. That's not me. the allegation. The allegation is they lied to us. Well, I don't, I don't, and I believe don't that. That's what Caro and what's his Sam McClure and a yeah. few others are saying. They I, lied I don't agree to with that. you. It was always going to happen like this. Clarko wanted the money. Sam wanted the job. Uh, uh, Kenneth didn't care. He just wanted Clarko gone. All bullshit. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's I, all too black and white. I I, I, I do believe mm. they had the idealism that it might work. Correct, I agree with that. And the fact that it hardly ever works <laughs> was something else. They thought, "Wow, something we can do that hardly ever works. Something we can do. I'm sure we can do it." They were sure, but it imploded inside a month. Yeah, inside a month, gone. Now can't do it. It's okay to to be wrong, and they were wrong. They were very wrong. And it embarrassed but what's the important club. is to know when you're wrong and stop. Well, they did, And didn't admit they? you were wrong <laughs> they did. and move on. And that's what it is. It's- the admission has been a bit uh, mealy-mouthed, I think. I would have liked a little more accountability from the, uh, from the board, from Jeff, from Justin. I think that hasn't arrived or hit in quite the way I wanted it to. Well, we might hear more from Justin. Oh, notice oh you think so? He sent out an email today with a... Look to the future. It's more of a you might hear- sorry about what happened. Look over there email. <laughs> but <laughs> five million dollars for uh, the Kennedy Center. <laughs> Look at this nice shiny thing over here. Yeah. And, oh, then, so, so you and want- by the way, P.S. I'm never speaking to Mick Malthouse ever again. I was going to say, if you want to hear more from Justin, just pop down to your local cafe. <laughs> That'll do it. Oh, just. Uh- I wonder where the leaks are coming from, guys. Yeah. The CEO can't keep his mouth shut to Mick Malthouse of all people. I tell you what, they're pretty frantic about how they've been leaking because Hawthorne doesn't do that. That's true. That is a new phenomenon and one that they very much dislike. Yeah. Well, that kind of stuff means that you can't be honest in your discussions and then you end up with worse decisions. Well, it has a corrosive effect on morale, yeah. basically on many levels of an organisation. But you've got to be prepared to look stupid in meetings mm. so you can make good decisions. Yeah. But if you if you hold back with your ideas, it, does, it doesn't make for a healthy, natural decision-making device. Anyway, look, circling back to what we were saying before, I don't believe it has to be more complex than, look, we want to have our cake and eat it too. Didn't work. We wanted Sam and Clarko to work together. That was foolishly idealistic. We were naive. We stuffed up. But it's sorted now. Sam's the coach. He will be going forward. I just, I don't appreciate how messy it was to get there, but look, that's what's happened. Exactly. So how are you feeling about it, Tiz? I mean... I think on this podcast, both of us, in, in our respective ways, have been very pro-Mitchell being the next coach. Now that it's a reality, we can take a breath and sort of reflect on how we got here and how we're feeling about it. I just want to go back to the to the off-field politics for a little while. People are going at Kennett. Yes. Want to dislodge him. Yeah, got to watch out for that petition. <laughs> Which he won't be losing sleep over, apparently. Why would you even wave a red flag to the ball? Yeah, no, nah, silly. Silly response by Kennett. And also, uh, maybe a little bit optimistic with the, of the people that are signing that petition. It was started eight months ago. Oh, was it? I just want to point that out. Yeah. It's got, well, last time I checked, it could have increased, but less than 2,000 signatures. Uh, to get the kind of action you're looking for, you, you want to get 
to members on board in, in an official capacity. It's not gonna, it's not gonna be a change.org deal, guys. It's, it's probably what I'd want to put out there. Yeah, well, there's not many devices for that kind of thing anymore. Not, not many levers you can pull. Uh, yeah, that's, um, that's a problem. That's why we should also be critical of Jeff. I'm just saying. Oh, it's not just Jeff. Every AFL club has almost no apparatus to hear from the fans or the members or anything. Yeah, but um, I couldn't give a stuff if anyone. Yeah, you know, if that if that happens at Collingwood or Essendon, you know, stuff them. I care about <laughs> Hawthorne. Uh, but you know, we've got a very weak board there. We never hear from any of them. Yeah, we just we need to know that there's someone else there. Who mm-hmm. could take over from Jeffrey? Because if you're parachuting someone in, it's yeah. just that that's even more risky than having Jeff. Now, you're a supporter of Jeff. Long-time listeners of this broadly. podcast. Yes, broadly speaking. You're not quite as passionate as people might expect. but no, A lot of it's hand <laughs> up. <laughs> that's right. Uh, so, so when you're confronted with uh, ideas of sacking Jeff, get rid of Jeff... I just want an alternative that's good and, and, and I mean, Newbold was fantastic for us. Mm-hmm. He was excellent. But yeah. he'd, he'd served on the board since 03 or 04. Yeah. You know, he'd been there and then he assumed presidency in 2011. Mm. So that's, you know, you need to be part of the fabric of the club uh, in order to get the respect of the club, really. And, I, you know, people are talking about Dunstall. He might be great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure he wants to do that. I think he's having enough fun at the moment. But they usually answer the call, um, big Hawthorne fans, just like Jeff answered the call to come back. And now sure. he won't bloody leave. Well, I'm not sure he wanted to come back. Um, and then there's all that stuff. Uh, he had someone lined up and they pulled out due to COVID and How all this convenient. stuff. Yeah, I... <laughs> I'm being a bit critical now, being a bit facetious. But look, I'm not. And he has made some appointments to the board that yeah. seem good, but you only hear from them at the AGM, if at all. They just sort of sit there. Uh, I'd like the members to be treated with a little bit more respect. But in general, Hawthorne's a well-run club. Ugh, yeah. Apart from some of the membership services that have been going on in recent years, which arcing up a lot of members, and a lot of members have just um, walked away due to the... Uh, Due to the fact that we didn't even have members' tickets for round one this year, remember? A few of us? Yeah, no, that's true. But, the, but the stuff like this is what I'm talking about, where I think respect needs to be shown to the members. Uh, and there was one instance of that just today when Justin Reeve sent out his email where it was like, okay, it, it sounds like I you... feel like I'm being managed, Justin. It, uh, <laughs> it sounds like you get it, that you pissed a lot of people off. Yeah, and but I'm doing that... good works, It's basically what it said. Well, it needs to be recognised. The first bit of, I can see that you're upset, at least needs to be recognised. Because you've got to take into account the last two years where it is very easy. It's easier than ever for members to just drop off. They don't need a little prod. But you're certainly not getting value for money. Well, that's right. And you're not getting it in terms of, you can't, you can't attend. and People t- are under financial stress. Exactly. And the team kind of sucks right now. Let's call it for what it is. You are relying on loyalty. Yeah. Which which Hawthorne fans do have an abundance of because they've seen so much fantastic effort out of this Yeah, but club. we don't need people to test it. Yeah. And that and that is what the higher ups have done for the past month. And they need to again, this that was See, that something would, that would that would that would irritate Clarko unbelievably. Well that that's just like a little crumb of, of respect for the members, is what Justin showed today in his email. Because when you sort of act out against 
Like, I, I know you have to do something. Mm. But if you act out by killing off your membership or something, it doesn't affect the board, really. Mm. You're affecting... They're going to be there regardless. Yeah. <laughs> That's just how the system works. It's going to affect other people in the organisation. And it's critical that you have a steady ship. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, know, I mean, we're always on this war footing with the AFL. That hasn't changed for ages now. And we've yeah. pe- they've piecemealed, they've digested parts of our footballing department, parts of our admin department. They've just worked it. And we're still on a war footing with them. Yeah. It makes no sense. We lead the AF- we led the AFL on field and then off field, and then we get pulled apart by them. Why do you hate us, AFL? We only make you better, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> anyway, so going forward, um, you know, it's I don't see much room for change. I feel like Jeff has lost his dynamism. Okay. And uh, he's not taking risks and... I guess you can't in this environment, can you? But we we need some new ideas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hawthorne uh, membership department is is old ideas. You know how they disseminate their information, their injury reports. There's lots of frustrating areas. Yeah. Um, but in general, we're going in the right direction. We've got Sam at the helm now. The list is not as bad as people make out. Mm-hmm. I had a couple of people online, some prominent figures, point that out and go, well, hang on, I'm just going to fly in the face of all of this criticism and say that Hawthorne There's might actually be on the right track. There's a reason Sam wants to coach at Hawthorne. Yeah. Like, Collingwood's got a bad list. That's probably mm. one of the reasons. <laughs> right? But Sam also intimated that he was racked. Oh, to, yeah. To remain oh, a Hawthorne absolutely man. Absolutely. This is a, a passion project for him as well. Well, you know, and he doesn't have to go to another club to re-energise or change their whole philosophy of football yeah, that takes yeah. three or four years. I just, um, look, I know, I've said it in recent podcasts, that there would be no great time for fans to move on from Clarkson because of all that he's given the club. But in terms of Sam being the heir apparent and the next guy to lead lead this club through a new era, I just don't know how you can't be a bit excited. If you watch Box Hill... Like you get a sense of like, okay, I'd love to let this guy loose on the on the senior list. You I know? tell you what, the, the players look quite happy playing for him. Well, Morel, uh, like earlier this year, re- reportedly through the roof. Mm. Love Sammy, love playing for him. You know, like I said before, six on the trot, playing magnificent football, and, and a markedly different style to the stuff we've seen at AFL level. There's I'm, not a high proportion of AFL players in that side either. Yeah, I, I'm keen. I'm keen to see where it goes. I, I look. Might not work out the way I'm hoping, but I'm interested to see what Sam can bring in 2022 to this list. And a list that's going to be, well, rejuvenated with what we do in the off-season, but also, you know, replenished with who we get back. Well, Sam doesn't have his hands behind his back anymore. He's going to ease it. Yep. And I think it's quite a good result as long as Clarko is still enamoured with the club. Oh, I believe that he is. Yeah. I... I... <laughs> I dare say that you know, the rumours are that he had a falling out with Wright, who is now obviously gone to Collingwood. He's apparently not on the best terms with Reeves. His, his feuding with Jeff has, has long been covered in the media and has been suggested. But a club's bigger than three figures. So I, I think there's a lot of mm, you know, Clarks probably, and enamoured with Hawthorne. Probably bigger than six or seven figures. <laughs> Clarkson will get a statue. That is one thing that came out of the oh, press conference. That's 100%. Absolutely. You know they they all love Clarko. Yeah. Well, but they, they, feel like his, they feel like his 
his successor will, will bring Hawthorne to a, another successful period, and that's what they're after. Yeah. And whether they're right or wrong, we have to hang around to find out. It's a very hard thing to do, make that decision. I don't envy them at all. It was an informed one. I mean, I've seen a lot of people, a lot of listeners of our show online suggest, well... Unknown. Well, untried. Not, well, not that's that's more a media catch cry, but I, I, I see a lot of people, Hawthorne supporters, saying, look, he, he earns the right to another rebuild because he's done it once. I would argue he's done it twice. Yeah. But it just wasn't really going the same, was it? Oh, look, I think... Uh... After, is, is it, after four grand finals in a row, five prelims, I think you're going to have a bit of a dip. Um, is it blasphemous the, of me to say that he wasn't appearing quite as innovative and adaptive as he used to be? I, I don't know. That that was the sense I got from about 2017 onwards. Sure. I mean, that, that's, I mean, that's he, my he, personal he, opinion. He knows they've underperformed. Well, um, you know, I mean... I, he admitted it himself. I, I can I can reference our performance to back up my point. I'm not going to do that. It's just no, my but own that's, sense that's of things. No, but that's Clark's own words. True. Anyway, it's done. Get... <laughs> You're putting a bow on this. And fair enough, we could talk about this all day. Oh, it'll be fascinating in five, ten years to see where Clarko ended up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think you'll be out of the system for long. And like I said in previous weeks, you'll never have to worry about how else it could have turned out. You'll never know. And, and he won't go to Carlton, he won't go to Collingwood. He won't be going to Gold Coast, and he won't go to GWS. I know exactly where he's going. It's the a AFL. team that has made prelims, looked fabulous, played just just great football every now and again, highly talented list, never actually do anything. Surely not. The ultimate betrayal. Oh, no. Outside Victoria. Oh, <laughs> okay, all right, fair enough. He's coached there before. Oh, really? That's where... Until he stopped, stopped, stopped. Yeah, I, I would imagine that's where he ends up, if he's yeah. going to be anywhere. Okay. All right. Well, there's your tip. I don't have one other than to, to take him at his word. I believe that he'll he'll give a, a breather. But Oh, I'm not saying next year. I'm just saying... Oh, fair. Yeah, ultimately. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I fully expect people to go, as they like to online, that aged well. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> what I thought at the time. I'm happy to be... Oh, I'm so bloody confident after Nash. I don't care what I say. <laughs> Like, and it's like the ultimate get-out clause. And it's only one game. Tiz has his knife and fork out because he's dining on this forever. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, we better move on. Look, listeners, there's a lot more to say on this. and um, we... Who would you like to see after Jeff? That's the other thing. I don't know. I just, I'm just not a big fan of his. I th- he, he frustrates me. Oh, I think he frustrates most Hawthorne supporters. I think it should be open to a vote. We've clashed on this. Off, off mic. I think oh, it's just be... the expense and the cost involved and the time. Is it really and... that expensive? Yeah, apparently. I've been no, told it's not. very expensive to go through all this voting and crap. I would love for the members to have more of a voice than they do. I don't. I, I, I don't a, know. A passive AGM. What's the point? Uh, what are you going to vote on? I will. I'd like to vote on something. Members would never have voted to go to Tassie, which has been one of the great money spinners for us. You know, they're just not going to do it. And yet it's been one of the great admin administration decisions of the club. Built a three-peat on Well, can't argue with that. They also wouldn't have moved to Waverley, and they certainly wouldn't have bought land in Dingley. I think that's a nice little off-ramp into our story <laughs> of the day. Uh, from the club website, Hawthorne Football Club is delighted to take the next step in formalising its partnership with Kingston City Council through the adoption of a memo... A memorandum uh, of understanding... I have these before dates. <laughs> uh, 
It's going to say the council commit $5 million towards the AFLW and Community Oval and Pavilion at the Kennedy Community Centre. I've heard it's shovel ready. <laughs> they are going to put imagery of the shovel <laughs> on the digital channels. Oh, really? According to Reeves. Oh, God. They'll say anything at this point. Just, just keep the chatter. Just keep the chatter going. Let everything distract from the fact that this is actually probably years and years away. I think it begins in 2023, didn't they say? Oh the actual God. construction. Okay. So well, that's well, this is this is what Sam was talk, talking about. Mm. He got the documents for the two year, five year, ten year, fifteen year plans. It's good to know that Orthon have those. Yeah. You know, however, however much like toilet paper they are in about <laughs> two or three years. Can you imagine what the fifteen year plan looked like in 2005? You remember the Dare to Be Different committee? That's still around. Don't be. Is like it still that. around? Yeah, yeah. Who's on it? Can you tell me who's on it, Tiz? Uh, no, no, neither can I. <laughs> I think Radek and yeah, one of the Harrises, and there's a few on there. Mm. It's just a what a a, a dare to be different revenue, which is exactly what we need, especially if you want to get get away from your pokies, Nick. The bane of your supportership. Well, I've got to say, the past month certainly has been different, hasn't it? <laughs> the committee's doing something. Well, they don't have any influence on that. Do they have any influence? I don't know. <laughs> exactly right. I'm still waiting for my application to the Dare to Be Different committee to be taken up. <laughs> because well, I consider myself different. I thought you were going to reference the fact that a lot of members today, and, and I think yesterday as well, got emails about the start of the 2021 season. I didn't get that. No? No. Which makes it even more worrying. Because surely it should be all members. One of our friends got uh, five or six. <laughs> it's like Kogan. <laughs> Unsubscribe. Uh, anyway, I feel good about how the club performed on the weekend. I think that shows that the playing group is behind the decision from Friday. Don't you? I think that is the tick. Yeah, I was very pleased with how we acquitted ourselves and um, it was very surprising. I didn't see that coming. Um, just what that promises for the rest of the year, I'm not reading into it too much because I still think this is a team that has a long way to go. So I'm not banking on the you know, stringing the next three wins together or anything like that. But um, pleasing to know that they were able to to rally and maybe the club's enjoying a good week after the, after the fact. And it was the old heads and it was the young heads that came to play. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonderful performance, and look, it papers over the cracks. Lee at Hook Talk Pod wants to know, with you two having watched a number of Box Hill games this year, what differences do you feel Sam Mitchell will bring to the senior side next year, and who do you think will thrive under him? Well, I'm not sure whether it's the smaller ground, but he loves taking the ball through the middle of the park. Mm-hmm. Sure does. Quick, zippy ball movements. And, and highly skilled ball movement, mm-hmm. which he was happy to do as a player. Yeah. Um, also, intelligent uh, forward leads, yes. which we saw a few of on the weekend. Um, and, you know, he's that, he, that, he doesn't enjoy a, a distance kick into the forward line. That Tim O'Brien goal, the, the transition stuff from end-to-end, that was a prime example of the kind of thing we should be setting up for our forward line. And I think it was by design as well. I don't think it just happened that way that... The forwards worked well with one another to, to free up that space and draw the players and allow Tim O'Brien to get free run at it. Yeah, at Box Hill, they always seem to have way more space than the mm-hmm. opposition. On smaller grounds. Yep. Work that one out. Yeah. So. 
And that's, that's what that's what footy is. That's what coaching is. It's managing the space. Yeah. So that's what I'd expect. I'd expect uh, a completely rejigged forward structure that uh, emphasizes space and uh, crafty and quick ball movement. So, do you think it influences um, whether we're a destination club or not? Uh, do you think some players at Hawthorne who came for Clarko might feel they don't want to be there without Clarko? Oh, the rumour mill was in overdrive suggesting that is the case, but I've seen no evidence of that. I mean, the players that were allegedly aggrieved at the events... Put in uh, some of their best performances exactly as an audition right. to their next club. Oh. <laughs> oh, I, I can spin that. things so many ways, Nick. Yeah, well, we've seen that. Yeah, we have, yeah. This question from Stewie Bro. Uh, given we got really pleasing and lax polish from Clarko over the journey, do you feel Sam will offer up different sayings? He already uses really pleasing. Has he said any already during Box Hill performances that may find its way onto the Hawk Talk pod merch? I haven't noticed any yet. No, that's going to take time to sit in. Because um, at the moment, he uses a ton of Clarkoisms. So have, he's got to find his own voice, Sam. Have we got any? Have we got anything with lax polish on it? Because I'd love to get in a matte finish. <laughs> I have noticed Sam Mitchell likes uh, using the word aplomb Does he? Yeah, applied himself with aplomb Famously, Sam reads a hell of a lot He's an avid reader Maybe we should do a line in bookmarks A Sam Mitchell bookmark for a Sam Mitchell book I still really like Relentless It just captures him, doesn't it? Well, he's coach now, so I guess it does Feels like we've been rambling on forever Well, I guess we had a lot to cover, to be honest Not only the win, but the big news of the week And everything with Box Hill too Uh... Better get to some social media stuff, though. We've notched up 295 ratings on Apple Podcasts, so uh, please, if you haven't already, jump on, rate and review us, and help get some fellow Hawks fans listening to our show. Help us hit 300 ratings and reviews. That would be amazing. Now, how's this for a five-star review, Tiz? From disappointed to hyphen. I believe that's that was the name of the user. Excellent podcast, and I count down the days until the next one. Keep up the great work, Hawk Talkers. Well, thank you. We have a couple of very big farewell podcasts coming up. Clarko, Burgers, whoever else might hang up the boots. <laughs> whoever else jump ship. Oh, jeez. I, I guess we do. Yeah, we have our work cut out for us, don't we? Yeah. Well, it should be great getting Clarko's entire career into 50 minutes. That'll be good. You can find us on Twitter as well, at HawkTalkPod. Uh, just seven followers from another massive milestone now. 2,800 followers we're shooting for. Now, Twitter is kind of our social media headquarters. It's the platform that started it all for us. So get on board, join the banter, grow the community. And we've been enjoying some Hawk Talk back as well, Tiz. Yeah, yeah. We're still doing that because we're out of lockdown here. So, And we had a donut day. Congratulations to all the Victorians out there. Donuts. Well, put it this way. When we can go to the footy live again, it probably won't be happening. It'll probably be at the ground enjoying the footy. So, While it's in Tassie. Yes, while it's in Tassie. Well, interstate games, I think we should make it... Uh, not an all-the-time feature, but we can do it occasionally. We're getting some regular callers too. I had a bit of a gander at who tuned in, and I saw one Stephen Gillum. Yeah, he's on the inside. He's part of the admin. Shout out 2008 Premiership hero Stephen Gillum. Thank you for joining us. Uh, so we'll be back, uh, I, I guess, for Sunday's game. What do you reckon, mate? It's pre-game, half-time, post-game. It was enormous fun when we won. It was. If we don't win, no. No. Oh. <laughs> well, we'll get back to you on that one, listeners. You'll know whenever we start a Twitter live space and Hawk Talk back and you can join in, hit us with all your burning questions and hot takes about what you've seen in the game so far. We're also on Facebook, facebook.com slash hawktalkpod and Instagram. And we've got some merch on Redbubble, redbubble.com. Search Hawk Talk Podcast for our work there. 
And uh, it's great to see some people hitting us up with images of them, you know, repping the podcast. Yeah, and we've got to get that Connor Nash merch out. You know, we've got to be ahead of the curve, Nick. He's going to be the next big thing. We're talking Brownlow's. Brownlow votes from the weekend. That's what I'm talking about. Now, I hope you're not going to be too offended if I just hold off until he gets that new contract before I design anything. <sighs> Why? <laughs> because I need to know. Hey, you've got my time. one buyer, me. <laughs> yeah. That's it. The money goes back to the podcast. Maybe Connor himself. <laughs> His family. I guess he's not Shipped that other. Island? He's not that other Connor though, is he? What's the class? Connor McGregor. He doesn't have that yeah, kind of ego. Yeah, they're quite different people, aren't they? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> and of course, Nash isn't allowed to box. Yeah, well, no one is anymore. <laughs> Hawthorne, most influential team in the competition. Uh, support the show over on Patreon as well if you like what we do. Become a subscriber. Any subscription tier you want, all the details are there. Head to patreon.com slash hawktalkpod. And uh, I've got a headline prediction for mm-hmm. the week. Uh, the AFL come out and ban coaching handovers. Well, that does seem to be the trend. Hawthorne popularizes something and then they just ban it. Yep. Someday we've got to collate like an entire history of that happening. Because I think the earliest one I can remember is after the 2008 Grand Final. Oh, no. There was When did we play two rucks at the centre bounce? Was that before that premiership? or I think it might be after. I feel like it was after. The third man up thing was after. Because I know we used to like using Jordan Lewis's third man up. No, no. Not just third man up. Actually, oh, right. two rucks at the okay. centre bounce. And we wouldn't nominate which one was going up. I don't remember that at all. Was that recent, was yeah, it? Yeah, they killed that as well. Gosh, see, see, these things slip from my mind. I was talking about the rush behinds. Yeah, I know. Yeah. We're goo. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we're, we're falling back into the romanticism of the past, and Jeff wants us looking firmly at the future. Well, I'll bugger what Jeff wants, but incidentally, I will be looking at the future. <laughs> Not because of him, but because of my own volition. I am excited. I, I'm glad that Sam's the next guy. I, I didn't want it to happen like this, but, you know, here we are. I can be excited for this club. I think there's plenty of things to be excited about. Absolutely. You tip us on Sunday? I think you have to on the effort on the weekend. I tip us on Sunday. All right, well, there you are. Hopefully a Hawthorne win over the Pies on Sunday afternoon at Utahs. And, of course, we'll be back next week to recap all the action. We are a happy team at Hawthorne.